Hey, everybody, what's up? It's Steve Mathis. Thank you for checking this out. The Pulpamex Show wrap-up edition number one. Yeah, I just thought we would try something different. Our buddy Darkside, he does a podcast now, and uh, he seems, seems to be doing pretty well with it. And, yeah, he's a fan of the show. He's into the show. I thought I would make a show about the show. Uh, yeah, there's lots of things to talk about when it comes to uh, Pulpamex show, uh, the guests, the host, everything else. And, you know, I told him, hey, keep it to an hour. Keep it relevant. Uh, get different guests on to uh, try to tell you about the feel of the show and everything else and the controversies that rage on and and everything else. And I don't know. I thought it would be interesting for you guys to have some place to go to listen to people who are deeply embedded in the show and understand the show and have been here for a long time. Talk about it. And uh, so I want to thank Darkside for doing it. I want to thank um, Hal as well for coming on the first one. And Moser was the guest for number one. We're going to have various Pulpamex people jumping on at different points to uh to come on and talk about things that have happened on monday night and you know it doesn't just encompass the uh that monday night show it can also encompass other things in the pulpamex show world so yeah just another edition another podcast for you people uh, another way to give uh, some of our sponsors some value and uh like i said dark side's a good dude he's into it uh, i think he's interesting and i hope you guys enjoy this and remember this is the first one so if you don't enjoy it uh try it again you know, he'll get better. We'll get better. We'll figure it out. I'll listen to it. I'll give him some critiques. And I'm fully behind this thing. And I think it can work. And it's exciting. And so there. There we go. Uh, here is the Pulpamex Show wrap-up show. Episode number one. A Pulpamex Network production. You cast me. I'll complete me to What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show for episode 376. I'm Darkside from the Moto X Pod Show, and I want to thank Steve and the Pulp MX sponsors, BTO Sports, Fly Racing, Vertex Pistons, Vortex Racing, Race Tech Suspension and Engines, Michelin Starcross 5, Maxima Oils, X-Brand Goggles, Pro Filter, Works Connection, Atlas Brace, FMF Racing, Roost Graphics, W Wheels, Guts Racing, Get Data, Firepower Batteries and Chains, EVS Sports, Eagle Grit Hand Cleaner, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, LAHondaWorld.com, OGO Bags, Ride Engineering, and Gear Alloy for all their support and the opportunity to do this. Uh, I got on the line with me a couple co-hosts for tonight. Let me introduce both of them right now. Brought to you by WUSA, president of the Dean Wilson Fan Club, Mr. Hal Simpson. Hey, boy. What's up, Hal? How are you doing? All right, brother. Good, good. And a man that no one knows but delivers every week on the X-Brand Tear-Off segment, brought to you by Guts Racing, Mr. Corey Moser. I've never heard of him. (laughs) Exactly. Never heard of him. But we got the top secret phone number, and somebody answered. All right, guys. So uh, episode 376, Jason Thomas, Ryan Newflockhart in studio, a number of great guests. Uh, Just overall thoughts on the the show. uh, Hal, what do you think about the show overall? Man, I thought it was good. Um, This was, for me, this was kind of like the... uh the uh, insider show, the business side of the show, you know, the Ryan McClintock talking about neck braces and, you know, giving some good data. Um, Will Hahn talking about uh, 
uh, Fernandez. I mean Fernandez uh, <laughs> and his uh, his work ethic and uh, and Cooper's skill outdoors. I I tell you what, watch that kid uh, when he was younger, and you know I agree with Han. He's going to have some impressive uh, outdoors and. And then Mike Williamson talking about the, uh, the leaving team uh, Kawasaki. It's, it was a good show. It was a lot of data, a lot of information on this one. This was definitely a listen-to show. Yeah, I agree. I was really excited to hear the Mike. I would like to hear a little bit more from Mike Williamson of the details, but obviously that's going to be kept close close to uh, to him, I guess. He's probably not going to leak those things out too much to keep everything friendly. Corey, what about you, man? What did you think of the show? You're a, you're a long-time uh, pulp guy. Yeah, yeah, since the beginning. So, uh, JT in studio is always good, right? Yep. It's, uh, him and Mathis, you know, the back and forth is even better in studio than over the song uh, with their constant bickering. And then, uh, obviously, I don't know Noof very well. I met him, uh, actually, I met him in Seattle briefly, but his drunken escapades I can completely <laughs> relate with and find completely humorous, right? So, um, I mean, the KTM, man. I mean, the KTM, that's a good bike, apparently. According to new, so. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> hot takes, right? Full of hot takes. Yeah, hot takes. Yeah. yeah. So no, yeah. Another quality show, right? I mean, I don't remember the last show I enjoyed listening to, but uh, they're all unique. But uh, yeah, Williamson was definitely a highlight. Um, you know, I was pretty interested to see what he had to say. There's definitely a lot, oh, quite a bit of question marks there. I'd be interested to know a little bit more now. What you know, to walk away after that long of a career, just mid-season. There's definitely more to the story, but uh, yeah, yeah. So he didn't throw anybody under the bus. He was pretty politically correct about the whole thing. So yeah, you know, he said he'd be at the right job opened up. He'd be interested in coming back. So that tells you that he wasn't burnt out. You know, it's it's clearly there was something there with probably him and Eli, and we'll probably never know the true story. Um, but I, I would definitely like to because. It, it's I always I felt a little tension under the tent at the few rounds I went to um, with those guys. It just and then maybe it's just my mind playing games now that I know there was something, but it, it I don't know. It just always seemed like there was something there. I don't know. I don't, I'm not really welcome under the Cowie tent. I don't, don't hang out <laughs> over there, but the Tomac crew in general seems pretty serious, right? Just yeah, exactly across the board, right? Like it's. It's a job for Eli, it seems like, you know, from the outside looking in, it's not like riding motorcycles isn't the funnest thing in the world for him. Like, he takes his job, and he's really good at it, obviously, but uh, I don't know how much fun they're having over there, right? So Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so, hey, the, the, go ahead. Did you have something? Yeah, yeah, man. I, I, I kind of have a unique, I guess, different perspective from my perspective, from my position you know, in the, in the career field that I'm in and, and what I do, work, working for a, uh, a Fortune 50 company and, you know, working for, uh, uh, you know, CEO types and, and knowing the inner workings of a, you know, a $100 billion business. I had no idea how had a real job. <laughs> I just thought how was super bad. Yeah, he just he just you. follows Dino around. That's that's what he's talking about. It's, it's all imaginary. That's right. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So I... I I kind of when I listened to Mike talk last night, I could kind of feel the just from my perspective, me alone. I could kind of feel the uh, the rift between you know you have professional rider athlete, you know, which is a marketing device for a big corporation, and then the racing side, the budgetary side, the the business side. Um, when you're invested in something that long and you take ownership of it, and you are that sort of a, a deep, uh, you know, a seed in the in the organization? It, you kind of take ownership of that stuff, and then the athlete is trying to self promote. 
Mm-hmm. I almost felt like, like you said there was a there's some sort of risk there, and I just got the feeling that you know Mike was looking out for the the, the brand, the company, he, the old school. Yeah, yeah. And some, something happened, and you know, an HR or something or another is kind of what I got the feeling of. For them not to call him and say, "Hey, thanks for your service," you know, here's a. You know, here's a a nice plaque to hang on your wall. That to me, that told me uh, that told me a lot. Definitely, um, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that interview here in just a minute. Um, let's get with this. The show started off right off the back with all the dra- off the bat with all the drama from Seattle. Moser, you were there. Um, we had the, the the penalty with Marvin, uh, whether it was a good penalty, a bad penalty. Uh, Steve Steve was okay with it. JT. Um, you know, he thought some of the comments that the the keyboard warriors on Racer X's feed were crazy. Um, you know, that's a pretty hot topic right now. Corey, what do you think of it? Yeah, I mean, I honestly am about as bad as the guys in the booth. I had completely forgotten about J Mart last year doing the exact same thing. So, I mean, with it, I mean, they followed the rule book, right? So it's pretty black and white. You know, once you do a little bit of research, or if you you know have a better memory than I do. Yeah. So I mean, they follow the penalty exactly as it's written so i don't know what else anyone expects you or them or anyone to do so you know that's part of the reason that you know a lot of people listen to pulp is for you know details or information like that right and that's why i do anyways so uh, i don't have to read the fucking rule book right right. yeah i can just listen to the show and realize oh wait yeah that's pretty pretty simple decision you know and whether it's right or wrong is always great debate but um you know that's the way the rules written right now. Yeah, and I, you know, we just talked about the the rules and the details, and man, yeah, I'm always blown away by how much Steve remembers and how much he knows of, of like remembering the J Mart thing or any details. Um, you know, he and JT are very knowledgeable and versed in the sport, and they remember stuff that yeah, they constantly have to remind me, which is again like you say part of the reason i enjoy the show so much how um you know the opening like i said there there wasn't really a lot of disagreement within the show jt and Noof and steve all seem to agree pretty much um what do you think of that discussion well i think it's amazing that steve can remember all these random facts and details but not the fact that Weege has uh, two kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly like i don't know weeds that well but i knew that he had two kids yeah. How about how about you, Hal? Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's interesting to listen to, especially, and it's great to hear JT on the on the show. Yeah, uh, I, I like I like the guy, um, uh, and his interaction with Steve is awesome. And, and, and Steve, you're exactly right. Steve's ability to recall, but hell, I think he was there for most of them, you know, um, and he lived it. Um, but I, I do. I do. Uh, I agree. My, my opinion of the Marvin thing, it's uh, it's clear cut. There, there's there's no. It's not an emotive decision. It's a rule book decision. Uh, you can replace the name with the event, and whoever uh, committed that would be treated the same way. He didn't pass for the lead uh, in the infraction. He had the lead, so it's clear cut. But golly, and when you listen and look at the uh, the comments on social media. Uh, you know, I just sit back and think, yeah, no wonder uh, we're not NASCAR because some of the people and some of the comments, if you hate Marvin, you want to burn him to the stake. Right. Um, you know, it's just, I just, sometimes I wonder, man, what what are people thinking? But 
Yeah, it was a good call. Yeah, it, it was considering the rules. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of torn about how I feel ab- about that particular rule and the way the thing went down. But I mean, the rule they followed the rules. It took them way too long to get an answer, which I think was agreed upon in the sh- on the show. Um, Jay, you know, one of the things they kept they talked about during that discussion, and JT mentioned was that the t- the commentators RC and um, Ralph really need to learn the rules. How, you know, they need to have, be updated. They they can't talk out of turn uh, saying that Roxon was going to win. You know, they didn't know the rule. Um, you know, unfortunately, there wasn't a lot of disagreement on this show. Like, I like it when there's tension between JT and Steve. It's kind of fun, but they really agreed. Um, any thoughts on the, the commentators, uh, Moser? You know, I'm just now watching the race as okay. we're doing this. Um, so, in you know, when you're in the stadium, I'm sure you guys know it's hard to follow the race. Well, it's not hard to follow the race, but you don't hear any commentating. And, sure. Um, so, you know, as far as, the, as that goes, I didn't. I don't have much insight. You know, uh, there's so much going on. You're trying to take it all in as it's yeah. happening right in front of your face. I mean, if you've ever sat around Steve and JT and watched a race with them, or we each, it's amazing what they can see and how much they can follow. Because I get lost watching the riders yep. in a certain section, and they will absorb and catch things that I'm just blown away by how how much they can, um, you know. And they do it so often, but still, they get a lot of information, you know, and they can see a lot on the track that I I just don't see when yeah. I'm watching it live in person. I'm glad you brought that up because I've been fortunate enough in the last couple of years to be able to sit up the press box at the rounds I go to, and. You're right. Like you'll hear on Monday night, Steve will talk to a rider and say, Hey, you know, you kind of, you swapped on that one section or this other guy, Hey, you, you clip, you just case this jump. And when I'm watching the race, I, I try to focus on a section or a rider and it's almost impossible to catch everything they do, but somehow they do it every week. Um, yeah, amazing, uh, what they, what they do and the knowledge they have and how observant they are. I think I'm too ADD and I can't, I just can't focus on it all, but, um, that's why they are, I, th- I think, the best at what they do. Yeah, I mean, it's not like carried away. I mean, Steve missed a lot of pivotal things this last <laughs> weekend, but yeah, they, right. they do see, they do see a lot of they do see a lot. Yeah, how about you, Hal? You go to a lot of the races, yep. um, you know, and then you you were home for this round, so you listen. What did you think about the commentating? You agree with the guys in studio? Yeah, well, yes and no. Of course, I have my own opinion, but I I, I tell you. You remember what was it? Uh, was it in? Uh, was it Daytona where they did during uh, the first heat race how they put the four thumbnail screen up and they so they instead of following just the leader yeah and they had the, remember that race yeah yeah they've they've been so, doing that for a few weeks but yeah I remember yeah okay so this is my perspective when when those in commentators and just from some previous knowledge the the network wants them to. Uh, they, they want them to announce off of what's on the TV. So they don't want them to watch the track. They don't want them to watch another, you know, thumbnail that's not on the tube. They mm-hmm. want them commenting what the TV is showing. So I think, listening to Ricky, when they're talking, it seems like their attention is distracted. So they're looking at the track, but the TV is showing something else. So it, it's almost like Ricky is announcing what he's looking at trackside on the track. And not what's on the TV. It seems like his his timing is off a little bit, but it, it also seems like he's overcompensating. Instead of talking to race fans, he's talking through the corporate mic to non-race fans. Okay, and it's it's almost like he's 
you know, when a real fast rider tries to slow down, you know, I, I have that problem a lot. You, you see me ride, Jamie. And when, <laughs> okay. when, when, a, when a fast guy slows down, their timing is off a little bit. So it, it seems like that's what he's battling now. For the Steve Mathis, uh, and Jamie, you've seen this, and I'm sure you too, uh, Moser, but he is getting information from all sources. So he's on his phone. He's getting text messages. He's getting video clips. So I think his little spies in the world are sending him, hey, you ought to see what's nuts in the, in the, uh, in the whoosh. Or, holy crap, so somebody just cased it out and crashed. So he, I think he's getting intel from other sources. So you don't think Steve is uh, all knowing? I, I think he, I think he is the ultimate data collection device. <laughs> well, okay. So I made a comment a minute ago about um, there wasn't a lot of like tension, like you know, between JT or a lot of uh, disagreement between JT and Steve this week in studio, uh, like there is a lot of times on the review pods or whatever. Moser, do you do you like that when they battle back and forth, and you can tell that that uh, JT's getting a little frustrated with Steve? Oh yeah, I mean that's that's great when they push each other's buttons, right? Yeah. And yeah, they might be the, the two best worst friends ever. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, no, I was, it's not a lot of fun with. Luckily for us, they don't agree on a lot of things. So yeah, definitely. Circle back to the comment. Circle back to the commentating though. Like, uh, so there's zero excuse that they shouldn't have had. You know, they, they seem they, get, they need to have the resources to you know know what the rule book or the ruling's going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, to tell the general public. And the viewing, the viewers, what's happening or what's going to happen, you know. Like I said, I haven't watched it or listened to it yet, but it's amazing to me that you know, I, I can't believe they went off air saying that Roxon likely won that. That's just crazy. Totally agree. Um, yeah, that was. Very, I think that's the first time I've ever seen that happen where we didn't know who the winner was by the end of the TV broadcast. All right, so um, so we talked about hot hot takes. Noof says uh, KTM's are good bikes, right? Um, Steve says, hey, they're going to hand Cooper the number one plate this weekend at Houston. Uh, what do you think about the hot takes, Hal? Do you like them? <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I, I, I like it. Um, man, you can't deny, Coop, this is, this is not an anomaly. He, he is on the gas. And yeah. I think he's got – well, everybody knows it. Uh, he's on the gas, and I, I agree with him. Um, however, and I must say this, Dean Wilson will win the night. Oh, jeez. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, you saying he's going to win uh, Houston, huh? Um, I'm saying he's going to win the night. I'm not going to okay. say he's going to win the event. Oh, okay. Well, we're not we're not doing the, the Houston preview show, so we're doing the uh, Pulpamex episode 376 review uh wrap-up show brought to you by pto sports fly racing vertex pistons vortex racing race tech suspension michelin starcross fives and all the other sponsors check out pulpmxshow.com for any uh discount codes and to support all the sponsors um so another thing that was brought up that steve said is uh or they, they all agree that joey savacci has surpassed expectations steve says he'll be somewhere else next year um you think that's a little insider info or just his gut feelings, uh, Moser? Yeah, I'm pretty sure any idiot can figure out that he's definitely been solid enough this year to pick up a rider. Right? Like, yeah, I mean, you, all the all, all the top in, you know, the top riders all fill in pretty quick, and there's still plenty of spaces for a Savachi. Yeah, he's been he's been good. Yeah, he pulled, 
I was really surprised with how well he's done this year, especially with his gear of choice <laughs> and his gloves. You not you not a fan of the Just One? <laughs> no, I think it's great. It's just, I mean, anytime you've got to wear an off-brand uh, gear company, it's, you know, it's, you can tell you can tell you're just cashing in, and I, I totally support that. I mean, right on that money. Yeah, hey, I'd do it. I'm, I, if, well, I don't know. I don't think I'd leave fly, but anyway, we won't we won't go there. How about you, Hal? What do you think about Joey Savacci and the uh, the statement by Steve? <laughs> I, I agree with him, and and you know, uh, he, he there's not going to be room for him. He, it's not. You'd be crazy to think that Kawasaki is not going to do whatever they can to uh, have a a career in Adam C and Cirillo. Yeah, but that means that AC is definitely moving up next year if if Savacci has to go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there's no there's no reason for him to stay at Kawasaki. I don't see sure. him as being the flagship Kawasaki. I just right. don't see it. Um, he will be somewhere else. I wish I wish he would pull off the track because he's a little too close to Dean Wilson at times. And uh, <laughs> I have uh, I've had to sling curse words at the uh, TV more than once because of Mr. Savacci. Okay. Seems like Savashi and Osborne have been finding each other on the track, which is always interesting. A couple of times now, they've gotten pretty close. They find it pretty humorous. Yeah, yeah. and I think they there was some discussion. I don't remember if it was on the Moto Sixty Show or the Pulp Show about you know whether Savachi still wants some payback for uh, Vegas a couple of years ago. You guys don't think that's the case, do you? I think I think Joey's let that go by now. No way, for for sure that lasts at least five years. That's okay. a five year minimum for us yeah. or okay. at least. I mean that's yeah. that was at least well, hundred grand. No, that was probably at least a half a million dollars. That's true. Yeah. Well, and and you got to. I mean, we're from a different a different uh, age group, but oh yeah, that's a that's definitely a payback. You don't forget that shit. However, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to. Wilson's a big boy. I don't know if he would want to. He's going to have to have a torpedo lined up dead center. He's going to have to make it work. <laughs> Otherwise, he may get the bad end of that stick. Well, and if he does that, does he get disqualified or does he just get talked to? He's um, <laughs> not Bowers. He's not Bowers, so he won't get disqualified. So, so he gets talked he'll, to. He'll lose, he'll lose the bonus in two points. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Okay, yeah, so I think, Cow, I think Cowie's I think Cowie's crazy not to keep Savachi, but according yeah. to Steve, just can't be done. Can't find the parts in that big truck. Extra parts are not available. Cannot build yeah. another bike. Can't be done. Yeah, that that kind of like you saying that reminds me of the discussion or disagreement they had uh, uh, before the Triple Crown about extra bikes and. Oh, you know, that's no, what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's why I thought of that. And I, man, him and JT arguing over whether it was the same or not was like, oh, that was that was great. Yeah, I'm totally with JT. Team JT on that whole <laughs> argument. He's an idiot. There's hey, so you know many what? parts in that truck. Yeah. Go ahead, Al. You, you know, you know what would be the most glorious thing in the world if Tomac moves to KTM. And Muskin moves to Kawasaki, watching the heads of the Eli tribe explode. <laughs> so I'm sure going into this, everyone thought that Moser was going to be drunk, but Hal was obviously <laughs> with, with whatever cockamamie ideas he's coming up with right now. I don't know what Hal, Hal has all the hot takes tonight. <laughs> 
Oh, goodness. Okay. I don't know about you guys, but after after listening to the show on Monday, I, I got to go see this Michael Jackson show Dude. in Vegas. Yeah, so I have that in my notes. New said it was the best thing ever, <laughs> best day of his life. Well, he backpedaled a little bit now that once he was sober, but yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, I guess that maybe for the Vegas finals, we should all get together and go see that thing. Wasn't on my list of things to see in Vegas, but it might be now. Yeah, it might be now. Exactly. All right. Um, go ahead, Hal. What was the monkey's name? Oh, geez. I don't know. I can't. I can't think of it right now. I just watched that documentary and on Netflix too, or whatever it was on HBO. Okay, so um, we, you know, there's a few calls. Um, nothing really that was just crazy uh, as far as callers go. But Cody called in. And uh, he said he drank the jur- the uh, Juran juice. That started all kinds of comments throughout the night. Uh, but Steve Rips knew about Colin Juran. Uh, Fantasy is a huge part of Pulpamex now. We talk about it every week. We have group messages. Um, what do you think about the cold call? I thought it was pretty funny. I thought uh, Colin was was a gamer. You know, took it on the chin and played along. Uh, Hal, what do you thought? What were your thoughts? Yeah, man. I, I'll tell you the uh, the blue collar guy. Uh, it's cool to hear a crane operator, you know, coming out and qualifying for a a, a main. Yeah, yeah. that's good to go. I, I enjoyed that. That, that. It seemed to be a down to earth dude, and uh, you know, not not a, a prima donna, you know, big ticket rider. Just a down to earth dude that uh, you know you'd like to have beers with and hang out with. Definitely, definitely. Um, Moser, what what do you think about that? Uh, the call, you know, obviously was just a. It was a good call because it got a good discussion going. It got the cold call going. Yeah, those, I'm a big fan of the cold calls that usually end up being pretty funny, and the off-the-cuff stuff's always cool. Yeah. Um, Jerry and I have interviewed before for Just Short, and super nice guy, and I mean, <laughs> hearing him, he was shocked that he had qualified 16th. He was like, I don't even know how that's possible, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And, yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a normal guy, just like most fans, right? I got a real job and get up early, just like a crane operator, right? So... A lot of respect to anybody that I couldn't imagine getting on a bike and trying to qualify for a Supercross. So no doubt, yeah, just, uh, I think yeah, I think that's badass that he's able to do that and then go to work on Monday, right? So um, I think I'm full support of random cold calls like that to people like that. And, um, I mean, obviously they're kind of making fun of him, but he took it all in stride, like. Yeah, you know, I mean, how do you not have respect for a guy like that? Exactly. Yeah, I like it when guys can just play along. You know, I mean, same with like Zach Osborne's very similar. He'll, he'll tell you, man, I, yeah, I screwed up for fantasy. It makes it fun, you know, that they're they're able to be just just a regular dude, not be quite so serious. You don't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be the most serious thing in the world. This is a fun deal, even though it's a job. Um, so the, the fantasy, like you said, has added a lot of yeah. uh, content to the show, a whole other you know dynamic or subject or whatever you want to call it. it oh, absolutely, uh, it can be pretty entertaining, especially Paul who's on you know Suicide Watch. Right <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, how are you doing in fantasy, Moser? You, I, I don't. I think we're in industry idiots together, if I'm not mistaken. But I don't know what you're how you're doing. You are mistaken. I'm not allowed to disclose which uh, fantasy side I, I, okay. I supported this year. JT's not happy. Steve was not happy. Oh. I got a lot of days. Yeah. So, anyways, we're moving on from that subject. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll nice. I'll move over to Hal. Hal's in a couple of the leagues I'm in. Uh, what do you think about fantasy and what it's added to you know the, the race every weekend? Yeah, I, I got a couple of points on that. I, I think it's done a – and, and I don't think – 
I'll take a couple. I think the uh, I think the privateers now the true privateers, not not the intake nap level privateers, but the you know um, our, our boy Van Martin. Yeah, those guys. I think they they have they have a lot of exposure now that they haven't before. And you know, I don't think the uh, their manufacturer not manufacturers, but their sponsors are realizing the the sort of uh, uh, visibility that those kids get now because of fantasy. I, I think it's a good thing for those those young kids, those privateers. And um, I have a, I, I'm not really sure about how this uh, drop your worst point thing is going to go. Um, I, I need to talk to Travis about it and see how it is. But I do know this: I'm I'm beating Julie. I'm ahead of my wife. <laughs> okay. And that's that's I, I, I appreciate that. And I'm going to do a, uh, a Zacco on uh, Travis Marks uh, in Vegas. He's uh, six points ahead of me and has kept that. I'm. We're battling for dead last. So, Travis, I'm coming. Oh, boy. All right. Um, you know, something else that got brought so, up. One second. Yeah, go ahead. Let me backtrack real quick. So, with fantasy, um, I am horrible at fantasy. Yep. I'm not bad at playing it. I'm bad at and not. And so, basically, I make it two or three weeks every year. Totally miss a race. And then, oh. at that point, I pretty much throw in the towel, right? So, sure. Um, I don't let it control my life, but... I feel like I'm pretty good at it. I'm excited about it at the beginning of the season. And then I fuck it up every time. So, um, <laughs> but I still do enjoy the, uh, the content about it. Like, you know, it, it's pretty entertaining listening to, uh, you know, how pissed everyone gets when, you know, a writer messes up their league. Definitely. You know, a couple of weeks ago in one of our leagues, we, we had the Pookie side piece league. Um, I had Travis. Pookie. Pookie side piece. Now you got my attention. Yeah, that's what we. Uh, that's that's the that's the league that Hal and a few of us are in. We had a few different options. That was one of the names that got brought up. And yeah, no. Also, too, were some options. But yeah, we all voted on Pookie side piece, and uh, that's that's what we are. So if you want to join it, Moser, if you want to get involved, Pookie side piece is yeah, open. I mean, but um, I had Travis yeah. create a fake dashboard with like where I had almost a perfect score for the night that I then texted to everybody but nobody even cared so it kind of just fell flat (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it was like texting with marks for a week trying to get it done and like nobody oh the reaction i got was oh good job not what i wanted at all (laughs) yeah so hey something else that uh, got mentioned um at some point in the show, Steve talked about his sticker deal with RV, and it was a thousand dollars for RV to run a pulp sticker at Monster Cup. Um, does that seem a little high to you? What do you guys uh, think about that? Um, Hal, you, you you talk about working for a Fortune fifty company, and you probably know all about advertising and all that. Um, is that was that a good deal? Well, I I think so. I mean, good lord, he I'm sure his. It, to have a sticker on on that quality of a person's helmet, I think the the fiasco around it though is is worth a thousand dollars just the uh, the talk about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I just paid six thousand dollars for a kit, so I, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask about a thousand dollars. That's true. I need a loan, by the way, Hal. Roger. So okay, so if he paid RV a thousand, what do you think he paid for like a? Uh, an A Ray a couple years ago when he was doing that, or, or um, who was it uh, Weimer? Well, what do you think Weimer got paid? Just as a guess. Uh, like, Weimer's, Weimer's like a hundred bucks, I think. <laughs> okay. 
Is that inside knowledge well, or is that a guess? A hundred bucks for like per race. And yeah. yeah. I mean, Ray that... was buying dinner. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, good. I like it. Yeah, that's that. I was really surprised by the thousand bucks, but hey, man. I mean, Steve yeah. knows what he's doing. I'm with, yeah, and I'm with Hal too. Like my gut, like my instant reaction would be like, yeah, I'll put a sticker on a helmet for a thousand bucks. Let's do it. Hell yeah! But then JT's explanation, yeah, JT's explanation though was very. Um, <laughs> very logical. Yeah, like, there's no, there's no ROI on that. Like he's not getting, he's not getting anything out of that sticker. Yeah, at Monster Energy. Stuff. Right. Yeah, like he's like, okay, what sponsors did he get? What new fans? Did he, like, no, it's not, it's not happening. JT was way too logical, <laughs> and I totally backtracked, and I was like, Shit. yeah, that was a stupid you, investment. Like, <laughs> you waffled. Yeah, but, you waffled. From, from my perspective, though, it generated what it generated a good minute and a half discussion here tonight. And <laughs> is that worth a thousand dollars? Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, that could be about any. That could be about Michael Jackson's show in Vegas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or just KTM. Apparently, just KTM has a good bike. Not the two fifty, <laughs> just the four fifty, though. The four fifty. <laughs> right. Right. That's true. It's it's funny, man. There's some or of the stuff. It could be, it could be yeah, it could be Olive Garden, uh, Olive Garden Italian food. So I mean, all you of, just never know what's gonna get. Yeah, what's gonna get listeners? No, yeah, Chick Fil <laughs> the Chick Fil A discussion. Uh, Chick Fil A, Jesus! I just ate Chick Fil A a couple of days ago. I don't. I think Steve's wrong there. Yeah, Steve. we don't have them up here, so I'm not familiar. Right. Well, yeah, I never saw one until I moved out this way. But it's it's not bad. I mean, it's it's better than Taco Bell. That's for damn sure. Okay, so we, hey Mosier, you know anybody from uh, In and Out Burger? We need them in Houston, man. I'm I'm I've got a problem. Uh, I'm way I'm Washington State does not have In and Out. It's only California, though. so I'm I'm a 12 hour, 14 hour drive from In and Out. Uh, we actually do have them in the Dallas area, which is a couple hours from me. They just haven't, and they're in Waco, um, some other areas. They just haven't made it to Houston yet. Give it time, Hal. Give it time. We're the third largest city in the country. Come on. Yeah, but they don't want you know they don't want a, the place to flood. Touche, touche. Okay, so we talked about Mike Williamson a little bit. Um, he he was pretty funny though. He kind of made me laugh out loud a couple times with the uh, Tim Ferry comments about him being the favorite mechanic. Um, anytime Tim Ferry's brought up, it's it's a uh, you know big news. Steve, Steve loves it, brightens him up. It was kind of funny to get thrown back in his face a little bit. Uh, Moser, what do you think? No, he nailed it, right? He <laughs> yeah. had so many witty comments about when he talked to Timmy and Timmy's favorite race or win. Yeah, it was good. He, yeah, he nailed it. He, he definitely prepped himself uh, for the interview. It was good. Yeah, yeah he, definitely. He, out of the park. Well, he, he, did, he didn't have a going away party, so he had some time on his hands. <laughs> yeah, seriously, they so screwed him on that. I can't believe that they didn't, the managers didn't even call him back. Like, what a dick move. Yeah, I I feel the same way. He put a lot of time in. I mean, he's a you know a very well known and accomplished person in the industry, mechanic, then team man, or not team manager, um, crew chief. Yeah, he deserved better than that. I I definitely agree with that. Um, and I th- I feel like Kawasaki may regret that at some point. Well, you know, you bring up a good point. And in, in the business world, we say don't step on the fingers that may catch you on the way down. <laughs> right. And a guy. 
Kim. You know, you never know what went on. It may be a, a big HR deal that they had to let him go, you know. But you know, you, you shouldn't burn any bridges. You never know when that where that guy's going to wind up. Yeah. Moser, do you think – okay, so this is all speculation. Like, in my mind, Eli had probably a problem with Williamson. Um, do you think it's good if, – if he went and complained and said, hey, this guy's got to go, do you feel like Kawasaki letting him go was the right thing to, to uh, make the athlete happy? Or should they have, you know, maybe stood their ground? What do you think, if that was the case? Um, I don't think that was the case, but okay. if it was – um. Yeah, I mean they've got a lot of money invested in an athlete, right? And so, even though um, you know Williamson's been there that long, I mean, <laughs> Williamson's salary times you know I mean, how many years would that be to equal till max for one year? So true. I mean, the world revolves around the athlete. It's not necessarily right or wrong, but it, pretty much you have to do it that way because I don't. Yeah, I mean you got to keep that guy happy, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, I just, I don't know. It puts a bad taste in my mouth if that was the case. But you said you don't think that's what happened. Um, what do you think happened? What do you think was the reason that started all this? Uh, I think Williamson just, you know, he was done. He was okay. Done with, yeah, I, I think he walked away. And I don't think he was let go. Otherwise, he would have thrown Cowie under the bus more. Okay, yeah. And I think he like just leaving on a whim like that. I think it was his way to kind of stick it to him a little bit. Like, okay, well, fine. If you guys are gonna, you know, trick me around, I'm, I'm just leaving. I'm done. Like, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I'll pick up my stuff. Yeah, and, and I, obviously nobody knows, but sure. that's you know based off what he said. That's my uh, opinion. Your opinion, right? <laughs> All right, everybody. So, you like I said, you're listening to the very first Pulpamex wrap up show for episode 376. Um, Moser and Hal are the co-hosts this week, but we're going to try to do some rotating co-hosts. If you guys have interest in the show, any comments, you want to be a part of it, uh, darkside at pulpmx.com. You can email me, and we can try to make that happen. There's some other guy. We have Travis Marks going to be on sometime soon, Swizz, a number of other uh, co-hosts lined up. And once again, we want to thank all the sponsors, Gear Alloy Wheels, Ride Engineering, OGO, LA Honda World, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, Eagle Grit, EVS, Power Sports, Fire, Firepower, Batteries and Chains, Get Data, Guts Racing, WUSA, Roost Graphics, FMF Racing, Atlas Brace, Works Connection. Um, okay, so they had uh, Ryan McClintock on. To, that did the He did the... Uh, got all the data, collected the data on injuries with neck braces, non-neck, non-neck brace injuries. That was really interesting. We've waited a long, long time to get something like this. Uh, I was pretty interested in hearing it, how you mentioned it earlier. What did you take away from that interview with Ryan? Well, I, I think it's some good field data, right? It's some good uh, uh, empirical data. He, he, of course, absolutely knows uh, the industry. He, that's what he services. Um, I would like to see a little more of the uh, demographic, though. Um, do people wear them because they can't afford them? Or, sorry, because they can't afford them? Do they not wear them because they can't? Um, it, what is the choice to wear one? Yeah. Um, how are you going to get? How are you going to get an answer like that? Well, I, well, you you would have to do it at the point of the person being interviewed by the medic, like he said. You know, when they when they provide. You know, even a Band-Aid, they have to do a uh, a, a, a synopsis of the treatment. Uh, the only if thing you could do is collect the data at that point. If, 
if they're at a motocross race and they're racing like a paid event, they can afford a neck brace, right? In my opinion. So I mean, at that point, it's a choice, right? I mean, if you're buying a bike, going to a race, paying an entry fee, paying a licensing fee, depending on if it's sanctioned. At that point, I mean, how much is the neck brace? Hundred bucks? I have no idea. No, I think they're uh, like the youth model for of the Atlas. I believe is a couple hundred bucks, and the adult model a little bit more right. than that. I don't remember. They're, they they can get up there. I think they're three or four hundred dollars for the adult yeah. top of the line one. Yeah, yeah. My, mine was carbon was three hundred bucks. Yeah, okay. I, I I can't comment because that was one of the prizes I won was an Atlas brace before I was ineligible. So, I was going to say, I thought Pookie nixed all that. No, Heather did, not Pookie. Yeah, Heather shut <laughs> oh, me down. Um, Heather. Heather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so the, yeah, the Works Connection, uh, one of the sponsors. I never did get my whole shot device oh, that I won. That was so funny. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I was fine with it, but it, it definitely brought some content for a couple of weeks where every time I called, you know what? It was funny. People don't know this. Literally, for like the next three weeks, every time I called in, I was on hold and he gave it to the prize to the person right in front of me. I don't know if he did it on purpose. And that was on the Moto 60 show and pulp every week. Hey, hey, why do you think I was texting you asking you when you were going to call in? (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It was good stuff though. But yeah, I thought that was, like I said, I thought it was really good information. I liked how they handled it. Um, you know, I like Noof's response to it. He was very appreciative, of course, because it did favor the the neck brace a little bit or quite a bit. Um, but you know, I mean, Noof has said for a long time, and and JT will say, you know, I can't really tell somebody that they need to wear a neck brace. You know, they they have to buy a neck brace. It's you have to make that decision on your own. And I think this information was really good. Uh, to to push people towards wearing neck braces. Um, Moser, what do you think? You said you don't have one, right? Uh, yeah, I don't ride a lot. Okay. And, yeah, I never wore a neck brace. But, um, yeah, I found it really interesting because I always kind of question, right? So look at Shorty, right? He wore one for a long time. Yep. He, he doesn't now. And so you had a lot of riders that jumped on the bandwagon immediately, um, obviously, you know, for obvious reasons, and then kind of started shying away from them. Um, and... I was like, well, they're never going to have good information on how or why you could or should. And then, you know, this guy's information and data log and why and how he had it was, you know, it was awesome. You're like, well, that's that's a great way to provide, you know, just field info uh, with no agenda, really. I mean, obviously, he obviously favored it, but I think that was just out of compassion uh, from the results and what he's seen. But I mean, it's pretty much an independent study, more or less, right? So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I thought it was really entertaining or interesting to see the, the results he had found. Yeah, I wrote down. I, a, I oh, a, go ahead, Hal. I started to call in uh, and ask him a question, but I had already popped in my cherry earlier. Um, I, uh, I, I was, he he mentioned you know folks transported and he he classified it you know uh, with serious injury and. You know that sort of thing. Um, I wondered though, had he had he c- collected any data? Because some folks will say, "I don't want to wear a neck brace." I've heard it at the track. I, I heard it a few uh, a couple of months ago at uh, at uh, Freestone. Um, I don't want to wear a, a neck brace because it'll it could break my collarbone or it could you know break my sternum. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder 
how many injuries caused by the neck brace had he seen? I didn't hear him cover that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. How do you know if the injury was caused by the neck brace? Though I, I don't think there's any way to really tell that because um, when I when I won or was given the brace by Newf a couple years ago, my question was, you know, I just recovered from a collarbone injury and I'd been wearing a Generation One Liat. And I asked him that, you know, every or said, hey, everybody seems to say these things cause collarbone injuries. And he explained, you know, how their brace is different, flexes more, and all the the, the things that Atlas does with the the newer technology. Um, and you know, there's really no way to say that. Okay, in that crash that I had per se, um, if I hadn't been wearing the neck brace, I you know, I probably still would have broke my collarbone. I landed on my damn collarbone, you know, third gear pretty damn fast on a hard, rough track. I don't know that you could say for sure that the, that the brace causes that injury. There's no way you would know that. But what I did write down, the notes I wrote down that I thought were really significant was he said 89% of, uh, there's the more 89% more likely to have a critical cervical spine injury without a brace. I mean, that's 89%. That's a lot. That was good info. Um, and he said 69% more likely to cause death. Um, I, I don't know how they got that number, but that's a pretty significant number. Kiefer loves that number. What's that? It's a Kiefer loves that number. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's, yeah, 69%. That's right. Yeah. Uh, did, you, did, did you hear? I didn't hear him say anything about it, but I... The the uh, torsional the twist of the neck mm-hmm. um, instead of the the downward impact or the compression of the spine. Um, I'd be interested to know how much of those eight, that eighty nine percent is compression injuries versus you know twisting or torsional yeah. uh, issues. And that info may be in that uh, in that test, which I, Steve uh, he reposted it on I think on his Twitter. So I mean, if anybody wants to look that up, they can go find it. Let's go ahead and move on a little bit. Um, they had Will Hahn come, came up after that. Will's always a good interview. Uh, Steve and him, they bust each other's balls back and forth, uh, which is always really one of my favorite things is when people, when they kind of rag on each other. Um, he talked about racing the 125 at Freestone. Um, you know, he, he had a lot, lot to say. Talked about, you know, to discuss being the team manager for Star Yamaha. Um, a, lot of, a lot of discussion about Dylan Ferrandis. Uh, what were your takeaways from Will Hahn, Hal? Good interview? Well, yeah, I thought it was a great interview. He always is. I mean, they, you know, when Osborne and Hahn and those guys, you know, get into it with Steve and they joust back and forth, it's always always a good interview. And, and you know, they didn't let us down uh, yesterday or Monday. Um, I think uh, the, the thing that I learned from him the most uh, is uh, Cooper, uh, his outside skill, his outdoor skill. And uh, the things that he does on a bike uh, that, you know, he compared him to uh, JS7. So, you know, this is his, yep. his rookie year on, uh, on Supercross track. So we may be getting some, uh, some years of entertainment uh, and amazement from uh, Mr. Cooper. There have been times when I've seen him just do some crazy stuff um, on a Supercross track. So what does that have I'm, to do with the Pulpomex show, Hal? Uh, everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> uh, Moser. So, uh, you know, like I said, Will, Will busted Steve's balls a little bit with, um, he was talking about Dylan not coming on the show because Steve had reached out to him and, uh, he said that Dylan didn't want to come on the show because pulp sucks. That's, that's classic Will Hahn stuff right there. Uh, what'd you take away from Will? Yeah. Will's always great on the show. He's pretty humble. Yes. Um, 
very funny. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, his comments about DV, working with DV, and things that DV pointed out. I like that he kind of missed and maybe should be paying attention to. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really honest and funny. And then he talked about DV hiking up his shorts, which I was picturing him like in cut off blue jean shorts, you know, out there walking around the test track. So that was good stuff. Yeah, and I mean, if you follow DV on Twitter, you gotta you gotta keep on it because he deletes his apps as he posts it. So, and then uh, what else did Will Sayer do that I thought was pretty funny? Um, Dylan, I mean, I can't believe Dylan to come on because yeah, he speaks fine. He's in the interviews on TV. He speaks English just fine. So yeah. I had reached out to Dylan the previous week um, to get him on our show through through David. Um, I had reached out to, to get Ferrandis on, excuse me, and Dylan had a monster thing that night. And then, like, yesterday, I reached out to David again, and he told me the same thing. He said, hey, Dylan told Mathis, and he's telling me he doesn't want to do radio. He's just not comfortable with his English, which – I mean, hey, that's his right. Um, I think he, I think he's a pretty good interview. I, I understand him just fine. Um, so, but hey, maybe he does. Maybe he does think Pulp sucks. I don't know. Yeah, Will's Will's good on the show. Though. Yeah, he's always he's always pretty funny. And I, I now I want to. I'm not sure who I see on a regular basis, but I want to be in a flip up com- competition like him and Steve are. The first person to see the other guy. Oh, the other guy yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. That was definitely a break, breaking yeah. news. I, I, I'd i like to see that and be involved with it for sure. Yeah, and anytime I see Caribou Coffee, I instantly think of, you know, Will Horn. <laughs> right. All right. So um, after that came your your segment, Moser, the X-Brand tear-offs. Um, a couple highlights for me were uh, you asking Noof his biggest penalty and he said he got docked once, and JT instantly said that was too much information. And for people that don't know the joke, uh, you're just out of the loop. But I died when he said that. Yeah, I mean, docking's from, like, what? It's got to be within the first two, three years of the show, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's funny how some of those, you know, inside jokes last forever. They're just timeless. Um, the expert and tear-off questions, right, from week to week, it's hit and miss, right? Um Sometimes what I think is going to be a great question is a complete, you know, a complete loss or loser. And sure. one thing I think is not going to be good at all. It really almost depends on their mood and kind of the flow of the show. Yeah. But uh, I'll tell you what, after this many years, sometimes it's not easy to come up with questions. The things my buddies, my buddies do most of them for me. They, they do. I was wondering if that was actually just them busting on you or if that was actually the case. No, it's completely been busting on me. They oh, okay, sure. okay, okay, yeah. Well, because I, I had to last year come up with questions, 10 questions for Daniel Blair's Friday night main event show. And yeah, it gets hard after a while. So every week when I they do the segment and they talk about, you know, hey, these questions come from Corey Moser. Yeah, I, I'm actually impressed because you have to find the time. You have to come up with something that you haven't already, you know, talked about. Uh, so I think you do a fantastic job. It's one of my favorite segments. I love when JT goes long and Steve fucks with him, but then Steve will go for two minutes on a, on a rant during the X brand tear off, and yeah, that's my show. What about you, Hal? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my my favorite part of every week is the timer. Yeah, that's. Uh... I guess that gets pretty hilarious. Yeah, that, that, the uh, the comments that you guys talked about that was that was my favorite for sure. That that I shot beer out of the nose then. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that was good. It was just so quick, you know. And um, yeah, I was. You think of JT, or at least I think of JT because I don't know him very well, being somewhat conservative. But when he busts out something like that, man, it just it it brightens my day. Well, see, that's JT's, the, that, JT's witty. That's, yes, that's but, the beauty of of uh, when JT and Kiefer and those guys are on the show because it's it's not really an interview. It's three dudes sitting around. You know, talking, having a beer, just busting each other's balls. That, that's when the show is at its best. Agreed. Agreed. I think, you know, yeah, the the relationships, the close relationships that Steve and these guys, some of the guys like Kiefer and JT and when DV's in or uh, Randy Richardson, that's absolutely the best. Like, even I could do without some of the interviews sometimes and just listen to the, the, the core group of guys talk and like they're, they're buddies like you know like you and i would talk how when we're hanging out you know we're just shitting on each other uh you know ktm sucks your honda slow you know all, all that all the stuff buddies do that's what the pulp mix show embodies in my opinion is and and, and i love it man i you know i'm a freaking nerd for it so um and, and when and when australians call in and bust your ball that's that's a good part too yeah, I got a, I got a little bit of that. I'm definitely expecting plenty of hate after this thing um, gets posted, but it's part of it, I guess. You know, I mean, dark dark sides of mooch. That was what the one. That wasn't the Australian guy. One of the guys said, "Dark sides of mooch." Mm. Hey, well, it can't be worse. Than, it can't be worse than the round table. So, yeah, you know, hey, I got to defend the second round table. I thought it was pretty good. The one that uh, myself and Ryan Tanner and Hobo Nick. Um, and Travis did. I thought it was decent. It wasn't. That was that was the fourth. That was the fourth round table. I was on the first three. Oh wow. Okay. You know what? Okay. I remember there yeah. being two yeah. others. I don't remember there being three. But yeah. Okay. There's a, yeah. There's at least two or three. Yeah. Before yours. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, some of the older shows. I, I've listened to a few of them, but sometimes like the I just the, the sound quality was more like our show, the Moto X Pod show, and I didn't want really. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't as good as it is now. Let's just say that. But um, hey, the, the X Brand uh, goggles tear off segment it's it's brought to you by obviously X Brand goggles, one of the leading goggle companies in the world, and a longtime sponsor of the Pulp MX show. Hit up eksbrand.com for uh, goggles and go to pulpmxshow.com for any discount codes. Um, so, all right, Steve's demands to go to Gopher well, Dunes. Also, go ahead. X, X Brand also has something exciting coming right coming out soon. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. You know, it's funny. I say it's funny. I, I'm a rep for X Brand goggles out here in Texas, and I still haven't seen this damn goggle, this new one coming yet. Oh, you haven't seen it yet? No, but I haven't asked. I haven't asked Rich to. I got something up on Dark Side. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to. I saw Rich this last weekend, and I forgot to ask him about it. And I'll have to ask him. He's going to be at Houston. Richard's racing uh, Supercross Futures as long as they get their bikes together. Man, they, those guys. Richard had the absolute worst luck at Freestone with mechanicals. I'm not going to get into details because I don't want to throw one of the the brands under the bus, but they had some a lot of issues. Let's just say that. Um, okay, so how's that? How's that Pulp X related? It's not. Well, he it was rich, rich. Rich owns X brand, and uh, Richard was riding a brand that somebody from Pulp X supports. That's how. That that's my connection. There you go. There it is. Good time. Um, Race Tech rant of the night. Race Tech suspension and engines. Go to racetech.com. For any race tech parts, um, 
You can hit up the Pulp Show, Pulp Show discount or call 951-279-6655 to get a hold of Race Tech. Race Tech ran of the night. Um, I Those are hit and miss for me. Most of the time I love them, but uh, this one was just... You know, it was something they'd already discussed. Announcers need to know the rules. Um, we kind of already discussed that. What do you guys think about the rant, though? Is that something you look forward to each week, uh, Moser? It's better than uh, emails, so, yeah. Okay. Yep. Don't like the emails, huh? I mean, like you no, well, it's better than emails. Okay, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. I mean, and, and like you said, I mean, they're hit and miss. I mean, yeah. some of them are pretty funny, and then other times you don't have anything to say, and so, yeah. I think I like him more when it's spontaneous, when like I, he's not prepared to do one. I think he just starts ranting and it becomes the rant. How, what do you think? Yeah, man, I, he's, Steve's going to hate me saying this, but when he goes Trump, when he goes into Trump mode and just goes off, off script, those are absolutely the best for sure. Yeah. This weekend was, this weekend was just kind of a rehash, although a fantastic point, it was just kind of a rehash. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Steve is Steve is great at a good rant. He's oh, right up there with man. rant with the best of them. He has some whoppers, as the old folks would say. I mean, some of them you just go, "Are you kidding me? What the hell?" You know. And, and then other ones are really good, but it's almost always entertaining, no matter what. I I really enjoy where there for a while he was letting. Uh, like people call the the voicemail sometimes be a rant, which was where the guy said he wanted um raining yellow to die and what's up with that dark side guy, he sucks or whatever. That was a rant from one of the callers and I, I like those. I think that was fantastic. Yeah, those are a good tie in and sometimes he builds on them. But yeah, I agree that uh yeah, that, that those are pretty good. Yeah, and, and speaking of haters or rants, uh yeah, if you guys can't stand myself uh, email darkside at com, and we'll get you on the one of the wrap-up shows and you can voice your opinion freely. That's I think what we want to do is get some fans, super fans on here discussing the show. Um, and I, I really appreciate Steve and all the sponsors giving me opportunity to do this. Uh, last thing we're going to talk about is Tweets at Travis. Definitely my favorite intro to a segment. I love that song. Um had a pr- couple of pretty good ones. Um, one of the, somebody asked about, you know, the, any, was anybody going to tank the, for the Yamaha privateer fund? You think anybody's actually thinking about that? Any of those privateers that are right there borderline that are sometimes making the main, but sometimes not. Do you think they're considering? Absolutely. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of money, man. Um, yeah. I mean, Moser, uh, if you're, you know, borderline making the main every week and you got a chance to make right now, it's 20 something thousand. I think you're going to, you're, you're definitely going to lay back, huh? You you have to right. I mean, these guys aren't drawing most of them hardly any salary, if a salary at all. Right. And I mean, what's the difference if they? Yeah. I mean, some of these guys might for sure. That's a lot of money. Definitely. How about you, Hal? Would you lay up for uh, a chance to win to not make the main, but uh, win twenty thousand plus, depending on what it may be by Vegas? Well, I, I guess it'd be it'd be dependent on where I am in the privateer world. If you sure. consider uh, the Intic nap level guys, uh, well, there's two different. Wait, hey, there's two different Intic So you got Adam who actually rides for a team. Well, Tyler rides for a team too, but it's a little different situation. Tyler, I think, is a true privateer. Adam is mm, semi privateer. So, which one are you talking about? Do you think you think an Adam? Intic who has probably got a little bit of a salary coming in and travel and all that stuff. You think he should lay up? Well, I'm, I'm no, I, okay. I don't think they any of them should lay up. But I, okay. I think there's a disparity about what we're calling 
privateers. Yeah. You know, you look at Van Martin. You know, he lives right up the street from me here, and the kid is truly honest. He he's a privateer. Yes. I mean, he is he is riding hard as hard as he can on good equipment, but it's certainly not you know anything like what uh, Adam or Tyler have. Right. So I, I think there's a disparity. What we're calling a privateer. That's my point. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that Steve agrees on. They talk about on the show is like you can't really define a privateer anymore. Uh, the privateer fund. Uh, if you guys are interested in getting involved with that to win the 2019 Yamaha, dot com has all the info. You can sign up. Tickets are five bucks a pop, I believe. No, or 20. 20 bucks, 20 bucks a pop. Yeah. We donated five a couple of times, but anyway, 20 bucks a pop, you get involved, you, the money goes to the privateers at the end and you get a chance to win a, a 2019 Yamaha. So you can't really beat that. I mean, 20 bucks. Shoot. I, I, I do it to support the privateers. I don't know if I really want the blue bike. I'll take my red ones. Um, well guys, man, I appreciate, uh, Moser and how you guys coming on. Um, Last thoughts real quick. Um, give me your how give me your favorite part of episode uh episode three seventy six and you know the, the thing that stood out the most on this show. Uh, I'm I'm gonna stay true to the loyalty here and uh, I'm gonna say the uh, uh here we go. Here we go, get ready. Okay. Uh the the uh the uh uh, Dean Wilson, I, I true. I think he nailed it. He hit it on the head. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I should have known. I should have asked you your least there favorite. You go. Yeah, there I should, you go. should have asked you your least favorite part. All right, uh, Moser, what was uh, what was the highlight of the show for you? Anything in particular? <laughs> for sure, going into this, Dark Side was worried about me, and little did he know he's going to have to reel in Hal the whole time. <laughs> uh, yeah, the highlight of the show was probably the antics about new from the night before and the yes. Jackson show and not remembering half the shit that he said. That's uh that was pretty humorous. Agreed. All right, once again, we want to thank all the Pulp MX sponsors, BTO Sports, Fly Racing, Vortex Racing, Vertex Pistons, Racetech Suspension and Engines, Michelin Starcross 5, Maxima Oils, EKS Brand Goggles, Pro Filter, Works Connection, which I did still don't have a whole shot device, Atlas Brace, FMF Racing, Roost Graphics, W Wheels, WUSA, Guts Racing, Seat Covers, Get Data, Get Get. I stole that just in case you guys don't know. Firepower, EVS Sports, Eagle Grit, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, LA Honda World, OGO Bags, Ride Engineering, and Gear Alloy Wheels. Moser, Hal, thank you so much. Um, hopefully the the listeners enjoy this because I would like to keep doing them. I thank you. Thanks Steve for letting me do it. Uh, dark side at pulpmx.com. If you guys have any comments or want to get involved. All right. That's it guys. Thank you. Thanks, boy. All right. Take see care.